What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 305 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, healthcare workers are among the first prioritized to receive a vaccine, but some are refusing to get inoculated. We look at why vaccine reluctance extends even to those in the medical profession. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. will require proof of a negative COVID-19 test before allowing visitors to fly into the country from other nations. That's in an effort to help airlines regain at least some of their most lucrative international travel. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Tuesday said it approved the new anti-pandemic measure that will take effect on January 26th. It requires travelers to receive a test within three days before leaving for the U.S. and provide written documentation of a negative result. Japan extended its state of emergency beyond the Tokyo region, encompassing an area that accounts for more than half of its economy. It's one of several countries where the virus has made a comeback in winter months. Tokyo cases hit a record last Thursday. The situation has revived questions about whether it's safe to hold even a limited version of the postponed Olympics in less than 200 days. Finally, Sweden is tightening the screws after taking arguably the world's softest approach to handling the coronavirus pandemic. Under a new law that runs through September 2021, the government can now fine or close businesses that fail to follow restrictions like visitor caps. It's a departure from relying mainly on recommendations and trusting people to follow them. With the healthcare system under increasing duress and death surging, some say it was too little, too late. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline, it's teamwork, and it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. 
And now for today's main story. Most states have prioritized healthcare workers in their vaccination programs. But across the country, vaccine providers are finding that some of those workers don't want the shot. Nurses and firefighters are among those questioning its safety after approval in record time. I spoke with reporter Elise Young, who reports that reluctance to get the shot that could end the pandemic goes well beyond anti-vax activists who spout unproven theories on social media. The reluctance of some healthcare workers to receive a COVID-19 vaccine may be surprising to many listeners. What have been some of the reasons that they've given as to why they're unwilling to take it? Some medical professionals are saying that they support vaccines. They support measles vaccines and uh, the annual flu shot, but they say that they're leery of the um, science behind this one because the COVID-19 vaccinations were developed in such a short amount of time. It can take about a decade or more for a typical vaccine to go from research to market. They're also afraid that it hasn't been uh, tested long-term. They're worried about if they have pre-existing conditions or if they have um, an immune disorder that causes their immune system to just blow up. Now, I'd like to dig into some of these things that you've just mentioned in terms of the development of these vaccines and even perhaps some of the technology that these vaccines utilize. Because it seems that some have cited the technology behind the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine, the mRNA technology, as some of the causes of their suspicions. I mean, what what's the rationale there? Well, in a typical vaccine, what you're using is a a dead piece of the virus or a very small uh, amount of active virus. With the mRNA, it actually uh, goes into the body and causes uh, a change, a brief change. And folks who object to that say, this technology is just too untested. And once you put this thing in your body, there's no knowing what it can do. And they believe this, you know, with reason or without reason. It's what they believe. You know, these vaccines were developed at a remarkably fast pace, um, the fastest ever, really. But, you know, given that Pfizer and Moderna and, and certainly other companies working on vaccines have attempted to provide some sort of guarantees or safeguards that might help ensure that consumers feel that these vaccines are safe. And so I was wondering if you might unpack what types of either testing was conducted before the vaccines were approved or some of the other methods that these companies took to try and alleviate these fears. There's a lot of misinformation out there about the vaccines. Uh, One person we interviewed said, well, it was never tested on mice, and vaccines are tested on mice for a reason. In fact, the pharmaceuticals tested the the components not only on mice, but also monkeys and more than 75,000 human beings. And 
when we're talking about the medical professionals, as you say, who are unwilling or have expressed a reluctance to take this vaccine, I mean, what specifically group of folks are we talking about here? Are we talking about nurses, physicians, or are we talking about kind of a broader definition of medical professionals? I have a sprinkling of physicians who uh, myself and my colleagues spoke to, um, and they say, one said, there's no need for the vaccine at all, that there are over-the-counter drugs that they've been happy with to uh, treat the virus when it does pop up. One operator of uh, a nursing home, Pruitt Health, which is one of the nation's largest uh, family-operated nursing home chains, told me that uh, it's it's a lot of medical uh, assistance, the certified uh, nursing assistants who are saying no. Uh, these folks tend to not be college educated. They're working for low pay, long hours. Some have said they are uh, African-American and they are skeptical of what this drug contains. Um, they point to the Tuskegee uh, syphilis experiment um, as a reason for their mistrust. Now, is there any kind of data available in terms of, say, the percentage or proportion of medical professionals or healthcare workers who aren't willing to be vaccinated? I haven't found any reliable data that show how many medical professionals want nothing to do with this. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. Um, we're so busy surf- serving the general population, number one, and 60 to 70% of the general population says that they want it. Among the professionals who are saying no, uh, also they don't want their names necessarily linked to this in print or anywhere else for fear of um, being made an example of or maybe for fear of losing their jobs. Now, in the vaccine rollout, um, certainly there have been these attempts, as we've already discussed, to you know showcase the the solid science behind the vaccines, the safety behind the vaccines. But in terms of perhaps encouraging these healthcare professionals or medical professionals to receive the vaccine, are there any types of incentives that organizations or even say the CDC has done to try and encourage this? This particular group to receive the vaccine? Remember, the federal government left vaccinations to the states to sort out. And now states are kind of wringing their hands, pulling out their hair with this effort, although most of them say that they're starting to get it under control. The uh, federal government has suggested for employees, say, of a nursing home who are saying, no, thank you to hold a pizza party or offer some kind of raffle incentive uh, to get folks uh, more interested in this, which is, to me, is kind of an interesting approach when you're talking about something serious, something so serious to say, hey, maybe a pizza party will help. On that note, on more of the, uh, say, risk issue, can a medical professional be fired for refusing to be vaccinated? Yes, a medical professional can be fired, but there's a couple components to this. Workers can cite a disability or a religious belief 
And that brings us into the reasonable accommodation territory. So in this case, you would have to say, I object to this because I have a disability and it's going to be made worse. So then your employer needs to turn around and said, okay, well, can you work from home or can you mask constantly and take other steps? And this is where it can get hairy in court. In 2018, the U.S. Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals took up the case of an employee. She was a medical employee who said no to a rubella vaccine that was required by her employer. Uh, she was dismissed. She said that she had uh, allergies and sensitivities and was afraid of a reaction. So the court took a look at this and determined that what she had was, quote, garden variety allergies. And basically they told her, get lost. So that was upheld. Her firing was upheld. I mean, do you think that going forward, you know, as vaccine rollout continues and ramps up, is there more that can be done to shore up confidence either amongst these healthcare professionals or even amongst the general population that these vaccines are indeed safe? I don't know about medical professionals, although some have said they're just taking a wait and see attitude that they're not necessarily constitutionally against the COVID-19 vaccine. They say that they don't want to be the guinea pigs. So they'll wait a couple of weeks or a couple of months, um, see if there's any widespread reported problems. So far as your basic folks who don't want anything to do with it, it was suggested to me by an immunization professional yesterday that it can't be overstated how important that your local pastors or even your local sports heroes, um, maybe not like your NFL guy or your NBA guy or your women's soccer uh, professional, but people in the community whom people look up to, for them to get out and say, look, I took it and I'm okay and you should too. That was Elise Young. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com slash coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Elise Young. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Shine and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. your data was working for you and not against you with bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems you get easy access to the details you want optimized for higher level analysis and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move our data is made for more 
so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash Enterprise Data to learn more.